Praise be to Jesus. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Good morning. Praise be to God. It's good to have you back on the Catholic Drive Time show. It's always fun to hang out with you for the next couple of hours or for as much as you are able to join us. We love to have you. Today on the program, it's going to be a tough one. We're going to have Bill Minns and Carolyn Klika on the program from um, No Fetus Tissue Used. You may be aware. Maybe you're not. I don't know. But there are companies, personal care products like makeup, you know, body health type of stuff that use aborted fetal tissues in their production and in their testing. There have been food companies that have done the same thing. It's kind of crazy. It's absolutely insane. And Bill and Carolyn are going to be on from nof2.com. That's no fetus tissue used to discuss the use of aborted fetal tissues in the uh, personal care product line, makeup and all the rest today. That's going to be our guest segment today. Yikes. Uh, But in brighter news, you know, um, part of the mission here is to inform and inspire, right? So lately I've been uh, reading Professor Plinio's Revolution, Counter-Revolution. So to frame it in these terms, the counter-revolution must mean we must take back culture, society for God and for the salvation of souls. And Richard Gratzinger is going to be on from Glory and Shine. Talk about personal care products that are trying to create something special and unique and do it for the glory of God. Glory and Shine is definitely in that camp. They're going to be on our our program in our What's Concerning Us segment coming up. So that's also on the program this hour. So jam-packed hour. Plus, we're going to have breaking news and stories. We're going to have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and a ton more content in Catholic Drive Time this morning. And we're very grateful that you are here. Good morning to you, Emily Alcarez. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? Praise be to God. I am alive. Yesterday was such a beautiful day. You know, you get a short window of beautiful days here in Houston, Texas, and I think we're right in the middle of that right now. Yeah, it's a shame to have to go home during the middle of a beautiful day and have to take a nap because you were up at 3 a.m. You know, uh, other than that, it was Take your nap outside, at least. Get some sunshine. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Sometimes I just stand outside in the sun and just try to soak in the vitamin D. Yeah, I do that too. Just stand there. (laughs) I probably look like a zombie to my neighbors. They're like, what is he doing just standing there? (laughs) <laughs> sucking up the vitamin D. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Are we talking about Sunny D? You like the, uh, the old drink that you used to have? Uh, <gasps> and from middle school, when now you would take I those to Sunny D. I haven't had D's. Sunny D in so long. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I immediately thought of whenever uh, he mentioned Sunny D. Only the rich kids could afford Sunny D. So uh, we had the knockoff stuff, the cheap stuff. I thought Sunny D was the cheap stuff. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, praise be to God. We're going to have a great program today. So much going on. A lot of terrible news, I mean, out there. Three Georgia police officers were shot. Uh, one suspect was killed. I mean, that's terrible. Pentagon scientist unveils new COVID biochip implant under the skin. That's not fun. Riots, police shootings, unrest around the world. And then there's also the U.S. carrier strike group that's hanging out in the South China Sea. I mean, there's just so much going on in the world. It seems crazy. But it reminds us of the opportunity to pray, to fast, and to penance uh, because prayer is the most incredible weapon you have in your arsenal. So let us never forget that. Speaking of which, let us pray for your intentions, dear listener, whatever's on your heart, your mind. Uh, whatever your intentions are. If you want to comment, if you're hanging out on a live video feed, com- comment. Put it in the comment box. We'd love to read it. Uh, otherwise, your guardian angel knows your intentions this morning, and so we're going to ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven, to intercede for all of you, as well as us and our intentions as well. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. 
Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. A second night of looting broke out in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, Monday night, following Sunday's shooting of an unarmed black man. The looting followed a protest outside the city's police station. A riot was declared by Portland police at the Penumbra Kelly building and East Burnside Monday night, also after protesters broke windows, threw rocks and other projectiles at police, and lit a dumpster fire. State police officers used crowd control munitions as they pushed the crowd back, and officers began making arrests in the crowd who refused to comply with the declared curfew. The evening began at Laurelhurst Park, where a group of protesters met for a vigil for Duante Wright. Wright, a 20-year-old black man, was killed in Minnesota on Sunday afternoon after being shot by a police officer during a traffic stop. A Franciscan priest who once worked in campus ministry at Franciscan University of Steubenville has been indicted in Ohio for the alleged rape of a female patient. On April 7th, Father David Morier T.O.R. was indicted in Ohio by the Jefferson County Grand Jury on two charges of sexual battery and a single charge of rape. He was removed from active ministry back in 2015 on unspecified sexual misconduct charges. The 59-year-old priest is a mental health professional, and he allegedly maintained a three-year-long sexual relationship with a patient the indictment described as substantially impaired because of a mental or physical condition. On April 9th, a statement from the Office of the Minister Provincial of the Third Order Regular Franciscans Province of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus said that the alleged charges took place between November of 2010 and spring of 2013. The Diocese of Querétaro, Mexico, reported that Holy Family Chapel in St. Sebastian Parish was robbed last week and its tabernacle desecrated. In an April 9th statement, the diocese reported that sacred vessels had been destroyed and the Eucharistic species was thrown on the floor and some of the pyxes were stolen. The statement asked the Christian community to join together to offer God a solemn Eucharistic vigil as an act of reparation for the sacrilege against the most holy body and blood of our Lord. The statement also called on the Episcopal Vicar for Pastoral Ministry, Father Rogelio Olvera Vargas, to increase the security of the churches and chapels and to continue promoting perpetual adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. The Mexican Diocese also noted that Canon 1367 of the Code of Canon Law warns that a person who throws to the ground the consecrated species or takes or retains them for a sacrilegious purpose incurs a lete sententiae excommunication reserved to the apostolic see. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. St. Hermengild, pray for us. He was born in the 6th century. He was the son of the Spanish Visigoth Arian king, Levigild, and raised in Arianism. In 579, he married a Catholic princess, Indigund, who, with St. Leander, the Bishop of Seville, Spain, converted him back to Orthodox Christianity, to the Catholic faith. 
immediately disinherited by his father, and uh, he had to publicly renounce and fight against Arianism. He expected support from outside anti-Arian groups, but unfortunately, it never materialized, and he was defeated by his father's forces. At one point, he did reconcile with his father, but unfortunately for St. Hermengeld, his stepmother, Goswentha, caused friction between them because of her staunch Aryan views. Uh, St. Hermengel was arrested, he was tortured, and martyred under orders of his father for refusing to denounce Catholicism and refusing to accept communion from a heretic bishop. He was tortured and axed to death on the 13th of April, 585, and canonized in 1585. St. Hermengeld, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 3, and it's an extension from yesterday, uh, verses 7b through 15. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it wills, and you can hear the sound it makes, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can this happen? Jesus answered and said to him, You are the teacher of Israel, and you do not understand this? Amen, amen, I say to you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but you people do not accept our testimony. If I tell you about earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has gone up to heaven except the one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This was, like I said, an extenuation from yesterday's gospel. And uh, one of the points I I sort of ended on yesterday in the first hour was the necessity to be baptized. I mean, in a lot of uh, non-Catholic circles and in a lot of the uh, uh, Protestant communities, you will see um, people being baptized over and over and over again. I mean, in many cases, they, they sort of, you know, boiled it down to a feeling they have in a moment, you know, responding to an altar call kind of thing. And the church has always uh, taught that baptism is once and for all. You can only receive it once. In fact, uh, one of our favorite heretics on the program, Origen, can we say Origen's our favorite heretic? I think we can. We should get a... My Tertullian. Yours is Tertullian? Origen, Tertullian, they're very closely related. Um, This is where they kind of got in trouble, because in the early church, when the persecutions were ramping up and... Christians were being martyred and tortured for the faith, um, there were those that chose not to be tortured. There were those that to- chose not to be martyred. There were those that refused to stand their ground on the faith and gave in in order to save their skin, to save their property, to save their livelihoods. And when the persecutions passed, there, a debate began to rage within the church about what to do with these people, these apostates that have come back, and they want to be back into the fold all over again. And there was a group of hardliners, Tertullian, Origen, others, that said, 
They have to be baptized again. Something has to happen. They can't just let them off the hook so easy. And the church had to debate this and figure this out. And the truth of the, law, of the matter is, with baptism, it's you get it once. And St. Augustine affirms this in my Navarre commentary. He says, quote, Although there are two births, Nicodemus knew only one. One is from earth, the other from heaven. One is from the flesh, the other from the spirit. One is from morality, or rather mortality. The other from eternity. One is from male and female, and the other from God and church. But these two are each unique. Neither the one nor the other can be repeated, St. Augustine. Uh, it's, you get an indelible mark at baptism. You are truly born again, born from above, that double entendre meaning that we talked about yesterday that, that uh, the apostle uses in the passage. And the spirit also has a double entendre meaning. And then, of course, uh, our, the apostle here uses this beautiful typology from the Old Testament with the bronze serpent. And we've talked about this on the show before. Now, you might remember the people were journeying through the wilderness. They had been saved from slavery in Egypt. And they were making their way through the, uh, through the, the wilderness. But what were they doing the whole time? Complaining, whining and crying, fussing shaking their fist at God because they didn't like their circumstances. Somehow slavery was better. Somehow pagan idolatry in Egypt was better than even the, uh, the difficulty of living in the desert. Although God provided for them, did he not? Did he not uh, bring them, you know, bread come down from heaven? Did he not have quail fall from the sky to feed them meat? Did he not have water uh, coming out of a rock miraculously? Of course he did. And still, they complained. And so, when you turn to Numbers chapter 21, and you start in like verse 4 and following, you start to see this account. And because of their sin, because of their grumbling, snakes were sent through the camp to bite and to kill. And Moses was commanded to, take a, to fashion a bronze serpent, to fashion the image of a bronze serpent lifted high on a wooden pole. And they must look upon that to be saved. This was a typology of what was to come in Christ, being crucified. Him who knew no sin took upon sin and hung on a wooden cross, that we must look upon him with faith to truly understand, to have ears to hear and eyes to see. Don't go anywhere. After the short break, we're going to come back, and Richard from Glory and Shine is going to be on. We'll be right back. are no different doesn't hold water. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. 
Hi, Joe McClain here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean, it is so good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up in, I don't know, 20 minutes from now or so, we're going to have Bill and Carolyn on to talk about no fetus tissue used. Noftu.com, N-O-F-T-U.com. How aborted fetal tissues are used in the you know production of makeup, personal health care products, and more. Much more, unfortunately. We're going to be on to enlighten us about that, give us something to, uh, some calls to action probably, and some, uh, some things to talk about and to think about. But joining us right now is uh, Richard Gratzinger from Glory and Shine. Good morning to you, uh, Richard. Yeah. Praise be to God. It's good to have you on. I know it's uh, very early where you are, and so we're grateful that, uh, that you rose up early for us today. Now, you know, lately I've been talking a lot about, there's a book, um, the TFP used quite a bit, uh, Professor Plinio was a writer of it. It's called Revolution, Counter-Revolution. And the book basically breaks in two halves. The first half is about the, the, revol- the spirit of revolution, the age of revolution that we are in. Um, think of the revolution, the French Revolution, for instance, the communist revolutions, et cetera, et cetera. We're, we're, we're living in them. But the counter-revolution is to take back society for the glory of God and the salvation of souls. And to do so on every level. And that's honestly what I think of when I think of Glory and Shine. And you are the co-founder of Glory and Shine, leveraging, uh, leveraging the, uh, you know, what, to be smart as to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves kind of approach. That's what I think of in Glory and Shine. So let's, with that said, why don't you tell us what is Glory and Shine? Yeah, sure. So um, Glory and Shine is a uh, personal care product uh, company. Um, and it's got infused, uh, we infuse Catholicism into everything that we do uh, with Catholic identity, Catholic truth. Um, the primary goal of the company is to get uh, us to reflect on the holy and the divine during normal acts of life. Um, and we use that, we, use, we do that via our packaging um, with um, the side of like the labeling, for example. On the side of the labeling, it will have prayers. So like the Anima Christi you'll see on uh, like on our lotion bottles or uh, our shaving products, you'll see us use St. Thomas Aquinas in the Summa. Um, on the beard products, we'll use the intercession of the saints uh, calling out uh, to, to pray for us. Um, so that's the kind of, that's the idea uh, of the company to kind of, again, to reflect on the holy and divine or just normal acts of life, um, to promote prayer um, so that it just doesn't just become um, like another object or a, another uh, like lotion that you use, but um, it will do something good. Yeah, it, it promotes again like prayer, um, so that's kind of a little kind of backdrop of what kind of what Glory Shine does. You know, I um, how often I'm thinking about myself and our own family and our own needs and and the things that we consume a lot. How casually we have uh, grown to just convenience, buying things out of convenience, not thinking about you know where those products are coming from, their backgrounds. Yeah. I mean, we did a story. 
was it uh, Adrian? Was it? It was Bree Dale on with us a couple weeks ago, talking about her friend that had uncovered the sale of uh, of of hair that was harvested from the from Uyghurs in China. Mm-hmm. Slaves. They were basically enslaved in these camps, and their their hair is shaved off, and it's sold on Facebook. How many people are buying that? Those types of products um, that without a care or a thought. And I thought, you know, when uh, when we reached out to you. This is, this is the kind of the counter-revolution that we're talking about. It's time for Catholics to start to pay attention. It's time for Catholics to support each other and to, uh, and to use and buy products that will, are not just good, not just av- avoiding the, the, you know, sort of the, the, the really Im- immoral pitfalls, but really are taking it to the next level of trying to plant a seed of the good, the true, and the beautiful in the hearts of those that would consume it. And um, and I think your product really does that. When I bought my, I bought the the warrior the warrior box. What do you, what do you call it? The like the warrior box or something. Yeah, the warrior gift box. The yeah. warrior gift box. And uh, you know, I got to tell you, I, I have to be honest. This is a confession, public confession. I've never used beard balm before in my life, and I wasn't sure how I would feel about putting something in a, in a beard. But looking at your glorious beard on this on this uh, live video feed that we've got going here, I can see where we're going with all of this. So there's this positive there's positive elements there. But the point I want to get to is just how like awesome the product is. Like it smelled so good just right out of the box, and then the tissue paper that had the hearts the the Sacred Heart Immaculate Heart on it, the all the prayers, the prayer cards. I think it was like three notes inside the box that said we're praying for you. Three. And then the the tape on the box itself said we're praying for you. Like there were so many details. Like I kept looking for more and more details. I kept finding more and more things to look at the the more I, I searched. I felt like that was truly amazing. How did you how did you get to that? point did you what is your background yeah um so my background is i've been doing product manufacturing the last past uh 13 years um and so we've owned a uh, manufacturing company do product manufacturing oem manufacturing Uh, so that's my background so we're used to creating products um but in 2016 um we started to get into personal care product manufacturing and then us as as about Catholics, we wanted to figure out how to bring our faith into it and do something something good. Um, so we, we came up with this idea of just just to promote prayer um, through our products um, and do something good. And like you said, everything everything's it's, it's thought out. Um, even the whole uh, the company in general too, because um, like you said, it, on the packing tape it says um, "packed by a Catholic offering prayer." Um, and so that's the whole goal uh, here, even at the company and its morale and, and the way that we operate is and that we're always following in that tune, almost like a monastic approach to it, um, that we're praying for each package that, that we're packaging, um, that we're praying for, uh, we're praying um, when we're creating the products um, that inspires people just in a little way um, to reflect on our Lord one more time through the day. Um, so, I mean, that's that's kind of like just thinking these things out and just being authentic um, in our company and what we do. And um, that's, that's kind of how it came about. We're talking with Richard Gretzinger. He's from uh, Glory and Shine. And I want to encourage everybody to check out their website, gloryandshine.com. Tell me about the lineup of products that you offer, Richard. 
Yeah, sure. So we offer uh, various different products, everything from um, lotion creams to lotion bars. Uh, we do shaving products. We do beard care products, um, lip balms. Uh, we do gift boxes. And then I think we're getting ready to roll out another 38 new products that are uh, exiting uh, the R&D phase. So like the research and development phase of things. So we got a lot of, a lot of new things coming out. Family owned business? Yep, 100%. Well, that's amazing. And uh, you guys are based out of Idaho, but I'm guessing you ship uh, continental across the uh, across yeah. continental United States. Do you ship international? Do you ship to Alaska, Hawaii, Guam, anything like that? Yeah, yeah. So we're located in northern Idaho, uh, in the Post Falls area, Quarter Lane area, uh, and we ship internationally. We ship all the time to all different types of countries. Uh, so we've been and praise God. So it's been it's been getting around the world. So. Going back to what I said a minute ago, a big part of what we feel is a part of our mission here at Catholic Drive Time is to bring the Catholic community together and to inspire the community to support each other and to support Catholic-owned and operated businesses. It's part of the reason why, for the last, uh, I guess since December, we have been using um, Catholic organizations to sponsor our Fear and Trembling Game Show prize every week. And Emily, I know you found a ton of really incredible, you know, let's just say small uh, Catholic-owned businesses, but that's part of what we're trying to do here. Right, absolutely. And you you wouldn't imagine how many. There's not dozens, but hundreds of little Catholic shops out there who are doing their part to influence the culture, to um, to help us shift our focus from supporting these secular materialistic corporations to actually giving our money to, to Catholic families who are just trying to send their kids to Catholic school or, you know, um, you know, influence the culture through their faith. So I yeah. think that's really important. You know, and I personally, when we have, if we need a carpenter, plumber, or whatever, I look for Catholics. I look to support Catholics in business, not to the exclusion of the world, but to the support of my community and to those that are are trying to create economy and support their families and and uh, and to bring back Catholic traditions into our society. I think it's part of our mission. And one of the things I love about you, Richard, and and your business, Glory and Shine, is that you also have you support. I think you support some some sisters and you support uh some uh the the fraternity right so tell me about that yeah yeah um so we uh each purchase that is made we donate a portion of every order uh to the sisters of mary mother of the church out of uh, spokane washington and we also donate to the fraternity of saint peter to the new seminarian fund for future priests well, praise be to God for it. Do you, what do you see the future uh, for Glory and Shine? Where do you think you're headed? Uh, we, we, did, we, we discern that daily. Um, <laughs> we, just take, we just take it day by day. Where, wherever our Lord uh, wants to call us and, and, and to move us uh, to Glory and Shine, um, we're, just, we're just willing to follow. Um, and that, and that's, kind of, that's kind of where we're at right now. We're just taking it day by day. We've had so much response and positive feedback from the Catholic community and support, uh, and we just praise God for it. Uh, but again, like at the end of the day, it's, it's His will be done, uh, not all ours. Uh, so we just want to help fulfill His mission. Amen to that. Here in just a little bit, we're going to be talking with the, the NOF2 folks, and you are very gracious to connect us to them. NOFTU, no fetus tissue used, and uh, it's it's an eye opener for most Catholics. I think that don't realize uh, that aborted fetal babies are are being used in not just medical research, but all across the spectrum. And I think in your products, we can safely say none of that is going on. 
Correct. Yeah, praise be to God. So, yeah, the eye-opener conversation is coming up in just a few minutes, but we're just wrapping up with uh, Richard Gratzinger. Glory and Shine. Gloryandshine.com is the website. G-L-O-R-Y-A-N-D. Shine.com is the website. I highly encourage you to check it out. Now, the good news is we're very grateful uh, for Glory and Shine because you guys are just about to come on board as an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Uh, and we're very excited about that. So thank you, Richard, for for being a, a huge contributor to Catholic Drive Time family. Oh, no problem. We're more than happy to. We love the content that you guys are producing and just bringing the truth to the faithful. Um, so praise God for that. Praise be to God. Um, last seconds here. What do you want to tell our audience about Glory and Shine? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, feel free to check out gloryandshine.com. Um, Catholic family owned, uh, supports religious life, uh, supports all that's good and holy. Uh, definitely stop by, check us out. Um, check us out on our social media platforms. Uh, if you have questions or concerns, there's live chat there. There's email, phone numbers. Uh, feel free to reach out to us. Well, I would recommend the mint soap bar because, uh, boy, does that stuff work very, very well. Makes your skin feel super clean. It's awesome stuff. Uh, Richard Gratzinger, God bless you. God love you. Thank you for all you do to, uh, to bring the good, the true, and the beautiful to the world through your incredible product and your, your wonderful packaging and your company. It just means a lot to us here. So God bless you, my friend. Love you, All right. We'll have to have him back to tell you his conversion story because that's powerful stuff. But we'll do that on another day. But don't go anywhere. On the other side of this very short break, we're going to have more breaking news and stories, plus our conversation with Bill Menz and Carolyn Klika from the No Fetus Tissue Use, nof2.com, to talk about fetal tissues in makeup, in personal care. All that's coming up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard it said that the church has been weak and ineffective? Well, G.K. Chesterton says the church has been so powerful and effective that it colored even the things it had not hoped to influence and changed its enemies as well as its friends. It affects everything it touches. It inspires a life-changing love from its friends and a self-destructive hatred from its enemies. Its enemies will do everything to destroy it, and they end up destroying everything, except the church. The Catholic Church, says Chesterton, has endured for 2,000 years, and the world within the church has been more lucid, more level-headed, more reasonable in its hopes, more healthy in its instincts, more humorous and cheerful in the face of fate and death than all the world outside. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today's Tuesday, April 13th, and these are your headlines for today. A Catholic priest of the Diocese of El Paso who went missing last week has been found safe. The diocese reported Father Antonio Martinez Ceballos, assistant pastor of Corpus Christi Parish in El Paso's Lower Valley, missing to the police on April 8th. 
Martinez, who is originally from Colombia, was last seen the evening of April 6th at his parish. Early on April 9th, the diocese reported that thanks to efforts by the police and the community, Father Martinez had been found safe. The diocese told local news that they would provide no further comment about his disappearance or the circumstances surrounding how he was found. The police department's missing flyer stated that Martinez was possibly wanting to head to Colombia. California's coronavirus restrictions on home-based religious gatherings like Bible studies, worship and prayer meetings were more strict than the Constitution allows, the U.S. Supreme Court said in a court order late on Friday. Citing an appeals court decision in a different case, the unsigned majority's court order said the state cannot assume the worst when people go to worship, but assume the best when people go to work. The restrictions were challenged by Reverend Jeremy Wong and Karen Bush, two residents of Santa Clara County in the San Francisco Bay Area who wanted to host small, in-person Bible studies in their homes. The Supreme Court critiqued the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruling, saying, instead of requiring the state to explain why it could not safely permit at-home worshipers to gather in larger numbers while using precautions used in secular activities, the Ninth Circuit erroneously declared that such measures might not translate readily to the home. This is the fifth time the court has rejected the Ninth Circuit's analysis of California's COVID restrictions on religious exercise. And an Italian magistrate has issued an arrest warrant for Gianluigi Torzi, a broker who is under investigation due to his involvement in the Vatican's controversial London property purchase. Judge Corrado Capiello signed the warrant for Torzi based on the investigation by police in Rome into his suspected fraudulent billing, money laundering, and other financial crimes in collaboration with three of his associates. Torzi is currently located in the United Kingdom and has not been served with the warrant. The Italian broker is under investigation by the Vatican for his role in facilitating the Secretary of State's purchase of a London property on 60 Sloan Avenue in 2018. The Vatican alleges that in doing so, Torzi was part of a conspiracy to defraud the Secretariat of millions of euros. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for keeping us up to date. Uh, Before we jump into our conversation, I just want to mention, again, thank you to all those that sponsor our program in one way or another, including realestateforlife.org, connecting buyers and sellers of houses, uh, pro-life, it's a pro-life supporting organization, and they supply a uh, you know a pro faith experience in that transaction. You can find their website online at realestateforlife.org. But uh, we'll be posting once we get Glory and Shine up on board next week. Probably we'll be posting their link and logo on our website as soon as possible. You can find that at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But joining us right now, I see Car- Caroline uh, Clicka is on with us. Uh, I'm not sure if Bill is on. Good morning to you, Caroline. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. Um, yeah, Bill is, uh, I guess he is not, uh, has not joined us as yet. Well, praise be to God. Let's start with you then. Uh, the, the, the organization is called No Fetus Tissue Use, nof2.com. And uh, it was to Richard at Glory and Shine's credit that connected me to, uh, to you guys. And uh, we wanted to have a conversation about uh, board of fetal tissues used in personal 
healthcare products like uh, makeup and lotions and things like that. I think a lot of us are thinking in terms of uh, medical research, vaccines, those types of things, but we probably are ignoring some of the other issues, like even food products uh, have been using um, board of fetal tissues and research and development in other ways. So maybe, Carolyn, can you get us started? Tell us about uh, what is going on here. Yeah, definitely, Joe. Uh, I was actually shocked, really, to learn as I started getting into this area that uh, fetal tissues are used in the research and testing, and in some cases, actually in the product, especially in some of the cosmetics, um, anti-aging serums and so forth, fetal tissue is actually used in the product. Uh, but in the research and testing, food products, especially uh, artificial sweeteners um, and flavorings, uh, different uh, pharmaceuticals, different cosmetics, and as you said, vaccines are used in the research and development of, uh, of many of the childhood as well as the COVID vaccines. We all remember the story of David Delides and Sandra Merritt and their undercover sting videos um, where they were uh, having Planned Parenthood and other officials on hidden camera talking about the selling of babies to research uh, yeah. And I think a lot, again, I think we all think, oh, that must mean vaccine or something. But I think they missed the, this. And I've been saying this now for a few years. They're talking about selling babies to all kinds of researchers throughout the spectrum and the gambit. And mm -hmm. it surprises me how little we know. We, we've only scratched the surface of what they're using, and they continue to use all the time. It's not something that happened in the past. It's happening, happening today. Uh, so why do you think that we have been so blindsided by this issue? Why, do, why, have, why has this been going on and we didn't really pay attention? Well, you know, when it is brought to light, you would think immediately of some back alley deal that's happening like a covert drug dealer and uh but but actually it's happening in some of us some of our most prestigious universities ever hear of yale for example <laughs> yeah. um that you know they have done uh research uh the university of california san francisco um, they have uh, they have used over a ten year period. They have done research on the bodies of of two hundred and fifty babies, and not just young fetuses, but aborted in the second trimester. Um, the University of Pittsburgh and the research. This is not you know this this is stuff that is available that you can look it up and find out that. Uh, the, the research that is going on, but it's very uncomfortable for people. So we want to avoid it. We really don't want to, we don't want to hear it and we don't want to really know about it because it's, it's just a very ugly business. Bill Menz has just joined our show. He is with uh, NOF2 or No Fetus Tissue Used, N-O-F-T-U.com. Bill, good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. Thank you for having us on your show. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for being on. We're very grateful for uh, you bringing awareness to this issue, uh, which we find pretty horrific. Now, you have um, a marketing background, I see. You know, I read a book uh, years ago called uh, Brand Washed, and I can't remember the author's name, but he was an executive, ad exec out of New York, and he went through this whole book 
talking about how marketing is used to change our perspectives, how it manipulates people. And he would go through and dispel all these things, like in grocery stores, how they would manipulate the buyers with the use of uh, plastic seals on bottles or ice uh, setups, or how how uh, video games were intentionally designed to be addictive, or how they uh, used uh, pheromones in f- with babies in utero to try to create customers down the road, and and it was just mind-boggling uh, what uh, your what your cronies did, Bill, uh, to manipulate the masses. Um, but tell us about your organization, uh, Nov2, and and how these or- organizations are using aborted babies to to bring their products to market. It sounds horrific. Well, it, it is horrific, Joe. But let me explain that. Uh, the North 2 organization is recently launched. We started really in September of last year. And the goal of the organization is to give commercial companies and commercial organizations an opportunity to proclaim their support for the sanctity of life and to proclaim that they are against the horrific barbaric harvesting of, of human fetuses for research purposes. So this is the idea here is to give people an opportunity to say, hey, I stand for life. And our first associate, our first commercial associate is Glory and Shine Catholic Products, which I hope uh, your listeners will become, if not already familiar with, will become familiar with because that's the kind of organization that's standing up and saying that. See, the, the problem is that um, most people, as, as Carolyn mentioned earlier, don't want to think about it, don't want to talk about it. All my life, and you know, I'm reasonably old, all my life, <laughs> I have been pro-life. But I haven't been active. I haven't been marching in front of the Planned Parenthood uh, centers. You know, I gave money, but I put it aside. I put it out of my, out of my mind. And what happened, the reason why we have North to today is on the night that Cuomo had that celebration at New York State Legislature where he signed that document that said that a baby can be killed upon the day that it is born, up to that day, for any reason or no reason. Okay, so in in other words, it's like like an animal, okay? Hold that thought, Bill. I'm sorry to have to cut you off, but uh, someone has to do it because we're going to go to a break and we come right back and we'll, we'll bring you right back, Bill and Carolyn from NOF2, No Fetus Tissue Used, NOF, NOF2.com, N-O-F-T-U.com is our guest. And we're going to have more of this conversation on the other side of this very short break. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. St. Benedict tells us to love fasting and chastity, a very tall order. Okay. One Minute Monk, um, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. I'm gonna have him finish we thought, probably find each of those things difficult these, and often do not knows. feel like loving them at all. But in his rule, St. Benedict reminds us that love is not just a good feeling. He teaches us that love is always a deliberate, intentional choice. Such choices take sacrifice and discipline, and that's where fasting and chastity come in. Their frequent practice can teach us self-control and help us in the hard work of becoming steadfast and strong in love. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E, MinuteMonk.com. 
The next time we are struggling for self-control and not feeling particularly happy about it, we'll make it easier if we remind ourselves that we are training to become perfect in love. Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz, and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the gospel of life. They work with over a 1,000 pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Praise be to God. Good news. I just found on NOF2's website, NOFTU.com, an updated list. It's right on the homepage, NOFTU.com. If you scroll down, you're going to see um, a link called U.S. Aborted Fetal Products, updated July 2020. And uh, we're going to link to that. I really encourage you to check out this list. Uh, but uh, Bill Minns and... Um, Carolyn uh, Klika is our guest. NOF2.com is the subject using aborted fetal tissues or babies in, uh, in personal care products and others. And uh, could, uh, welcome back to our program. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I was very excited to see this list, Bill. I'm sorry to have to. I interrupted you before we went to the break, and I want you to finish. But uh, we weren't sure if you were going to have a list of all of the companies that are involved that we should be looking for. So I'm really pumped to have found this, and I'm, we, I want you to address this. But please finish your thought before you went to break. Okay. So what? What? When you look at this list, it's mostly medical products. It's mostly vaccines, and there's a a big hole in the data here. Children of God for Life is the organization that's taken responsibility on itself to basically check the whole United States and all the products in it, which is almost an impossible mission. They do a great job. But one of the reasons why we have NOFTO is because we allow people to say, hey, I'm telling you I don't have it. I don't have any fetal tissue. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to check any ingredient statements because Children of God for Life, as far as I know, is the only one, the only independent agency that's even checking this subject. See, what happened was laws were passed to, to, that basically said you can't sell fetal tissues for profit. However, they got around those laws by making it services-oriented. And you, what you have now is that even in um, so 1993, the, the uh, Revitalization Act was passed. But even in 2019, the NIH, our own government, spent $109 million on 175 projects that used fetal tissue. In 2020, they spent $116 million. And this is according to their own database. Now, those babies that they were using were, quote-unquote, harvested. In other words, ordered to be a certain weight, a certain size, a certain age, they were actually harvested by our, by our own government agencies, okay, which is horrific. Those babies, when they were killed, felt pain. Mm. Any, any human being, and let's call them human beings, uh, past the age of about eight weeks feels pain. We're very sure of that. The research tells us that. You want to follow the science, follow the science. So any baby that's aborted from the age of eight weeks 
And most of these babies that they're using for research purposes are older than that. That's why they want them. That's why they harvest them like that. Are feeling pain, they're being tortured. These are human beings that are being tortured. And, you know, the excuse is always, well, it's for science. We're going to serve mankind, womankind. We're going to make a wonderful discoveries. We're going to cure AIDS. We're going to cure um, cancer. Okay, that's great. Find another way to do it. You can get the adult cells, you, you know, same thing with stem cells. Adult stem cells are actually better than fetus stem cells for research purposes. But it's easier for people. It's easier for the research community. So what we're saying is, you know, follow your heart, okay? And there's a, there's a, there are alternatives. There's a wonderful organization called Sound Choice Pharmaceutical Institute. From Teresa Deicher is the founder and the driving force with the AVM products. She's trying to find vaccines that don't use field tissue to be alternatives. And you'll see, in, if you look at the charts that you're referring to, there are alternatives for many of these products, many of these vaccines that do not use fused tissue. Now, I have something important to announce to you. Uh, just before we got on the air here, I saw an email saying Johnson & Johnson has been halted. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine has wow. been halted across the U.S. Really? Now, it's interesting that that vaccine actually has um, fetus tissue in it. Okay? The others do not. Pfizer and Moderna were developed using the technology of fetus tissue, but they're not produced with it. Mm. Johnson & Johnson actually has some fetus tissue in it. It's interesting that that's the one that's having all the problems. And that, again, supports Teresa Deich's point that all the vaccines that are out there with fetus tissue in them should, are, are causing problems, are causing this autism, for example. You know, that's her point, is that the increase in autism over the last 20 years resulted in part because of the all of a sudden use of fetus tissue in the vaccines, which wasn't always like that. So the point being that we should be looking for alternatives to that technology. Mm. And that's what NOFTU is trying to encourage people to do. And we've had, we've had uh, Dr. Teresa Deicher on our program a couple of times. We've also had uh, Dr. Stacy Tresankos on recently from Children of God for Life, and we've had them on a few times as well. So we really uh, appreciate their research and, and their work on this subject. That's, see, Go ahead. what we're trying to do is make it so that commercial organizations like Gloria and Shine can stand up and say, we believe in that. We support that. Mm. You don't have to guess about it, Okay. But what should we do about this? From so now that we have some information, we have uh, you know we're, we have the power now through this information to understand where the problems are. What do we do about this, Carolyn? Well, let me. Uh, ask you. Let me. Ask you. There's, there, there's a lot that we can do as consumers. Number one, we have a responsibility to become aware and educated. Um, you can follow us on our Facebook page and, and check out our website for ongoing information. And we need to be responsible as Catholics to ask about the products that um, that we use at the store level. Um, we can support pro-life organizations like Noftu and and many other good ones, and and actually spread the word to our to our friends and become informed. Mm. A bill you were saying? Yeah, let me let me say that if we get a movement that's 
loud enough that people will come back to see so many people have walked away from the subject of abortion. So many people, not the Catholic community necessarily, but the non-Catholic community don't want to hear about it. And basically the excuses are something like, well, that baby would have been a criminal anyway, or that baby would have been mis mis abandoned or mistreated anyway. Why bring it into this world? That's such a flimsy excuse. We have the opportunity, like Heartbeat International, a wonderful organization, that you know, adoption is a major opportunity, a major alternative. Mm -hmm. So many people are waiting to adopt a baby, hundreds of thousands of people. They, right? they estimate, experts estimate that one to two million couples in the United States are waiting to adopt. Wow. Yeah. So it's not necessary to kill these babies. And it's not right. And we, what we've developed in the secular community is sort of a mentality. It's sort of like the good Germans. I don't want to know about it. You know, hey, that concentration camp on the corner there, I don't know nothing about that. Let me go and watch TV, right? We got to wake people up to what is happening. When that baby gets killed, that's a human being being killed. Okay? Now, we don't want to blame people. We don't want to shame people. We want to encourage the mother. We want to support the mother. Heartbeat International does that with many of its organizations that are part of that network, and we strongly support that group. In fact, our relationship with them is that 10% of our annual revenues will go to them to support adoption because we have to have that option in front of people. And, you know, you see all these commercials at night about adopt the poor puppy, adopt the little cat, save the cow. Where's save the baby? I don't see any commercials saying, hey, adopt the baby. Okay, that's what I want to see. I want to see a giant movement that says, don't kill the baby, adopt the baby. We're talking, that's what we're all about. we got about three minutes left talking with Bill Menz and Carolyn Kliga from NOF2. No fetus tissue used. NOF2.com. We've linked to it on our video feed as well. Uh, just about uh, just under three minutes left, Bill and Carolyn uh, how do how does the Catholic consumer how do how are they going to sort this stuff out when they go to the to the store or they're buying their makeup their personal health care products or what have you are there any are there any indicators that they should be looking for that they should try to avoid? Well, I would say just like with food, we've become much more as a society much more aware of what we're eating, and we do that by looking at ingredients and though even though you know we're not necessarily a scientist, but but there are some indications um, in some categories like cosmetics, you know, to look at the ingredients, and most of them sound like Greek, but uh, but there are some that actually have a little symbol that that says stem cell and uh, right on them, and you know, so you can actually look at uh, Children of God for Life or our website to see. Uh, a list of products that we know are uh, include, including uh, fetal cells, but um, but also just it, it's a process of becoming informed. Mm. Uh, final thoughts, Bill Mintz. Well, I just want you to know, Joe, I really appreciate being on your show. And by the way, my name is Menzel. Menzel. Oh, well, <laughs> thanks for correcting me because I, I, I lost the L somehow. But uh, Menzel, yeah, praise be to right. God. <laughs> I really appreciate being on your show, and I am so glad that you're helping to spread the word to help the babies. You know, we got to do something about this. It's our country. It's our world. It's our human race. 
and we got to serve God somehow. Amen. We have to do our part. That's that Amen. we're called to do that. Amen. Praise be to God. We're very grateful for Bill Menzel. Uh, I got it right that last time. It last time counts. And then Carolyn. Hopefully, I got Carolyn's name right. Carolyn, is it Klika? Klika. Yeah. Klika. <laughs> <laughs> well, God bless you both. Thank you for your work at No Fetus Tissue Used, nof2.com. Encourage everyone to check that out. Uh, Bill and Carolyn, God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. Thank you, Joe. for having Thank us. Very much. All right. Yep. Praise be to God. They are now on an elite list of human persons on planet Earth that I have messed up their names and cut them off before breaks. They should feel very good about that, I would guess. But uh, at any rate, that's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. We'll be posting the video later today. You can look for that on our social feeds. You can find the links on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. If you can join us in the next hour, we're going to have prizes to give out uh, this week, and you can win. That's all coming up in the next hour. If you can join us, find our video feeds if you have to, but we'd love to see you there. Until then, may God richly bless you. God love you. We'll see you at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. My Protestant friends say the Catholic Church has added a lot of man-made traditions to the Word of God. Is that true? No, it's not true. Protestants go by the written Word of God alone or sacred scripture alone. Catholics go by the entire Word of God as it is found in sacred scripture and sacred tradition. All of the Word of God was originally passed down as oral tradition. Eventually, some of it was written down. This became sacred scripture or written tradition. However, Scripture itself tells us that not all the things that Jesus said and did were written down. That's where sacred tradition comes in. Paul says this about tradition. 2 Thessalonians 2.15 So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught by us, either by word of mouth or by letter. Traditions taught by word of mouth and traditions taught by letter. Sacred Scripture and sacred tradition. In 1 Corinthians 11.2, Paul commends them for maintaining the traditions as he has delivered them sacred scripture and sacred tradition. 2 Timothy 2 verse 2 And what you have heard from me before many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This is an instance in scripture of Paul commanding the passing on of oral tradition. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13 And we also thank God constantly for this that when you received the word of God which you heard from us you accepted it not as the word of men but as what it really is the word of God. They received as the word of God that which they heard, not simply that which they read in Scripture. In other words, the Bible clearly supports the Catholic Church's teaching that the word of God is contained in both sacred Scripture and sacred tradition. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is so good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Hopefully your morning is going very well so far. Praise be to God. We just finished a conversation with Bill Menzel and Carolyn Klika from No Fetus Tissue Used. Nof2.com is the website about abortifetal tissues being used in personal health care products like makeup and lotions, things like that. That, po- that conversation will be posted to our Catholic Drive Time YouTube channel and Rumble channel later today. Prayerfully, the uh, tech over overlords will allow us to keep that uh, video up without, without l- laying the heavy hand of punishment as they did <laughs> at the end of last week. We'll see how it goes, though. God's will be done in all things. Uh, but we're going to have a fun show this hour. We're very excited you're a part of it. Of course, we're going to have br- the good news segment is this hour, so none of the ordinary news. It's all good news this hour, plus Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and Fear and Trembling Game Show with another generous Catholic underwriter of the prize this week, Studio Sen, S-E-N-N dot com, generously providing a surprise to give out to one of you, our dear listeners of Catholic Drive Time. So be ready with the phone number and just a hint, right? Pro-level tip number one, you can find the rules of the Fear and Trembling Game Show plus the phone number on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Uh, so if you ever want to get the number, call early. You're welcome to do it. It's all right there. Good morning to you, Emily Alcarez. Good morning, Joe. You know, I was just thinking, it's it was kind of, I love being in charge of the sponsorships, mm-hmm. but I've been spending so much money the past few months because every single sponsor <laughs> I just fall in love with, I want it's all of their stuff. De- it's, it's detrimental to your pocketbook, you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Me personally, but I love, I just love how, ma- they get so creative. Like, yeah. I'm looking at Studio Sen right now. They have an alphabet poster because they make a lot of children's products. They have oh, an alphabet with a saint for every letter of the alphabet. Wow. That's I want super this cool. on my wall. I don't even have kids. Well, <laughs> well la- last hour we talked to Richard Gratzinger from Glory and Shine, who is going to become a sponsor of CDT. So hopefully we'll have that done by either the end of this week or the beginning of next. I'm scared to go uh, on their website. Yeah, their <laughs> website is pretty cool. I mean, I got the the Warrior box. Uh came with beard balm and lotion and it came with uh, a mint soap bar. And let me tell you, the mint soap bar is worth the price of admission. Oh, it's so good. But it's the packaging. It's the love, the care that went into it. It's supporting Catholic organizations uh, that are out there doing something beautiful uh, for the glory of God and the salvation of souls. Not just, not just you know, making products or making a living, but rather doing that plus so much more that we love so much and we want to support that. And we're grateful to do it. All right. Speaking of uh, grateful to do it, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Uh, my friend Josh said he's switching over to Glory and Shine now. 
And I was like, you know, I really wish I needed beard balm. I just cannot <laughs> grow a good beard. Just cannot do it. There's nothing to say you couldn't use a little of it anyway. They've I got mean, shaving supplies here under. I guess their... that's what I need. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's there's uh, both uh, there's there's products for men and women there, but it's the packaging. Oh my. I mean, that uh, beautiful Sacred Heart and Immaculate Heart tissue that came in the box. I, I, when I asked my wife, like, if the box disappeared, and I'm like, honey, where'd the box go? Please tell me you did not throw away the <laughs> tissue. You know, things guys yeah. never say ever. <laughs> like, what happened to the tissue? Like, well, we're saying that now because of Gloria and John. Adrian and their products, I'm looking at them. They have a picture of Thomas Aquinas on them. Yes. Their products. Yes. I'm sold. My, I'm sold. Yeah. I, don't even know, I don't even know what the product is, but I'll buy it. <laughs> my, my beard bomb came with Father Francis on it, though. Just saying. Oh. Just saying. All right, let's pray uh, before we get into too many Dominican uh, references this hour. Let us include your intentions, dear listener, whatever they are. And if you're on a live video feed, you're welcome to include those in the comments. We'd love to read them, but uh, your guardian angel certainly knows what's on your heart and your mind, what your needs are, and we're going to ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to intercede for you and for us as well. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcarez. The daughter of a New Zealand pro-life activist is carrying on the tradition of defending life with her family. Even as a child, Michelle Kaufman was very active in the pro-life movement thanks to her mother, who was an avid pro-life activist. Now Michelle brings her children to pray outside of abortion clinics and is raising a third generation of pro-life warriors. Michelle Kaufman is a mother of seven and the communications director for Family Life International New Zealand, an organization committed to building a culture of life and a civilization of love by promoting and defending the dignity of human life from conception to natural death and marriage and the natural family. In an interview with LifeSite News, Michelle discusses her fight to defend life and her family in New Zealand and how she balances the demands of working to further such a worthy cause without sacrificing her most important vocation, raising holy children. The Indiana legislature on Thursday sent a bill to the governor which would classify religious services as essential during declared disaster emergencies and would prevent the government imposing any restrictions on religious services that are more restrictive than those imposed on other essential organizations. The bill states that religious organizations provide essential services that are necessary for the health and welfare of the public during a disaster emer emergency. In addition, these restrictions may not, the bill says, impose a substantial burden on a religious service without a compelling governmental interest, and the restrictions must be the least restrictive means of furthering that compelling governmental interest. Some states have already reclassified houses of worship as critical businesses, exempting them from capacity limits to which other non-essential businesses were subject. And Catholic schools have been blazing new ground amid the pandemic pressures of the past year. An expert panel explained how administrators at Catholic schools pioneered health safety protocols to get a jump on learning in hybrid and in-person settings. Thomas Carroll, the superintendent of schools for the Archdiocese of Boston, said, quote, It turned out, in the end, 
that the safest place for a child in America was inside a Catholic school that was following health protocols. 90% of Catholic schools held in-person classes and became a haven against hunger and domestic abuse in some cases. The full panel can be found at Catholic News Agency. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to God in all things. St. Hermengeld, pray for us. He was born in the 6th century. He was the son of Spanish Visigoth Arian King Levigild, and he was raised in Arianism. In 579, he married a Catholic, a princess named Indigund, and with St. Leander, the Bishop of Seville, uh, they were able to convert St. Hermengild back to Orthodox Christianity, to the Catholic faith, and immediately he was disinherited by his father. He became the king of Seville and publicly renounced and fought against Arianism, he, but he expected support from outside anti-Arian groups, but it never materialized, and as a result, he was defeated by his father's forces. At one point, he did reconcile with his father, but his stepmother, Goswentha, caused friction between them because of her staunch Arian views. St. Hermengild was arrested, tortured, and martyred on orders of his father for refusing to denounce Catholicism and refusing to accept communion from a heretic bishop. He was tortured and axed to death on the 13th of April, 585, and canonized in 1585. St. Hermengild, pray for us. The Gospel today is a continuation from yesterday in John chapter 3, verses 7b through 15. Jesus said to Nicodemus, You must be born from above. The wind blows where it wills, and you can hear the sound it makes, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can this happen? And Jesus answered and said to him, You are the teacher of Israel, and you do not understand this? Amen. Amen, I say to you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But you people do not accept our testimony. If I tell you about earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has gone up to heaven except the one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. One must have faith in order to have ears to hear and eyes to see. One must have faith. And Nicodemus, I think, had a glimmer of that faith by coming to Jesus. He came by night, of course, as we said yesterday, a, P, a ruler of the people. And I love, I love this, uh, this little uh, tit-for-tat here about, you, you're the leader of the people and you don't understand? Like, golly gee whiz, imagine if I told you about heavenly things, you will, your mind will be blown. That's, I mean, I just would love to sit at the feet and hear Jesus tell us about the heavenly things. That would just be amazing. But... Because we're like children, we can only have milk. We can't have meat. There's no way he can get to that part because we can't even get past the little easy stuff. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, there's a lot here, uh, as usual. The two things I want to focus on 
is the amen, amen uh, that is said here, and the uh, our Lord speaking in the plural. Uh, those two things are very important, I think, for a number of reasons. One, scripture scholars will talk about how the fact that our la- uh, that our Lord uses amen, amen, uh, but only in the Gospel of John. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he only says amen once in, in context of uh, all of his teachings. Now, why does he do it in John? According to Cornelius Elapide, the gospel writer John, when he wrote, he was trying to emphasize the point that when he wrote, he wrote in a more spiritual manner because he more understood, more uh, fully understood the mysteries of God. Uh, because according to Cornelius Elapide, John's gospel was written uh, after he had the revelation uh, that is the book of the apocalypse. And so he would have had a more full and uh, grasping of things. So to emphasize the point that he understood, and this is a more clear understanding of what is meant here, he says, amen, amen. Why twice? Because our Lord, who Cornelius Lopede says, actually did say amen twice, would have is witnessing to himself. Because uh, whenever someone said something, in order for someone to bear witness to the fact that someone did or said anything, you had to have two witnesses. But Christ is saying he is his own witness. So amen, amen, I say to you. Truly, truly, I say to you. So twice over. Now, the second thing that I wanted to go over is our Lord speaking in the plural, which kind of coincides with this idea. And he says, uh, he speaks of himself in the plural. He says, are. And so what, what's happening here? Well, according to Canisolopide, he is actually speaking uh, for the Holy Trinity. Yeah, because in every action, and this is often misunderstood, uh, we all like to attribute things to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. We say the, the Father is one who creates, the Holy Spirit is the one who sanctifies, and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Son, he is the one who saves. But that's actually a simplification, oversimplification. In reality, the Holy Trinity, the Godhead, acts all together in all circumstances. And so when one says or does something, they all do it together. Uh, Their wills are perfectly in conformity with one another. And so whenever our Lord says that we teach, we say he's speaking for the Godhead and making clear to us, making very clear to us that the Holy Trinity is a dogma of the faith, something that we are have to believe, something that is revealed in Scripture, even if it's not explicit in Scripture, it is implicit in Scripture, and our Lord is showing this uh, right here. Hmm, a dogma, eh? That's interesting. Dogma. Hmm, I wonder if that'll ever come up again in this hour. Anyway, we're going to have a uh, Fear and Trembling game show coming up here in just a few moments. Praise be to God. The first caller gets to be our contestant, which means you could get in on three chances to win this week's prize, courtesy of Studio Sen, which is S-E-N-N, studiosen.com, generously giving us a prize to give away this week to one of you. And all you need to do to get in on the Fear and Trembling game show, and you don't even need to know the answers to the questions, is to call 877 877- Seven five seven ninety four twenty four eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. Call right now eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. First caller gets to be our guest eight seven 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 five seven ninety four twenty four. We'll be right back with fear and trembling. Prizes are at stake. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. 
pray to the Holy Spirit that he give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read scripture, read the catechism, listen to apologetics tapes, listen to Catholic radio, learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5 verse 10, do not be afraid, henceforth you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ and welcome back to Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please don't share this publicly. I'd appreciate it. Keep this just between us. But we do a couple of things here on the program. Number one, we like to teach a little bit about the faith. So it's always a learning moment. I have three Catholic trivia questions in my hand, uh, and the callers call in and we we ask uh, questions, but we don't ask the caller the questions. That's the kicker here. We don't ask the caller, so the caller does not even need to know the answers technically. Instead, we ask Emily, we ask Adrian, and one of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. And uh, the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to decide who's right, who's wrong. And we like to get a little laugh in along the way. But prizes are involved because every right answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Tell them what they could win, Emily. This week's prize sponsor is StudioSen.com. That's StudioSenn.com, which is a Catholic shop started by Courtney Sen, who is an artist and an author. Um, you can find her shop on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. She's giving away this week in Our Lady of Guadalupe banner that you can hang up and display in your home. It's very elegant, very beautiful. I really love this shop. StudioSend.com is our sponsor this week. Praise be to God in all things. I want to thank everybody who's tried to call in. I saw a bunch of calls come through today. Praise be to God. Thank you for trying to call in. You can always try again tomorrow. Don't forget the phone number's on our website. Feel free to call early if you want to hang out on hold. It's always an option, but let's go to the phones. Uh, Cameron, good morning to you. Cameron, are you there? Yes. 
Praise be to God, Cameron. Good morning. Thanks for being on our show. Thank you. Now, Cameron, where are you calling from? Alabama. Alabama's on the board. Woo! Wow. This is the first uh, Alabama contestant. Am I, am I not right about that, guys? I think so. That's I true. Think now, yeah. What part of cool. Alabama cool. are you from, Cameron? Uh, Hansville. Oh, we're not. Praise be to God. Now, so I, this is a dangerous question I'm about to ask you. Uh, oh, Lord. Okay, which which Alabama football college football team do you support, sir? Alabama. So that's like the Roll Tide. Yes, sir. The Crimson right. Tide. See, I was gonna go the other way, but I thought I'd better ask first. I don't want to offend our caller. Go, got Roll okay. Tide. God bless you, Cameron. Now, have you been listening to the show? Do you understand how the rules are played? Yes, sir. All right. So you know, Emily and Adrian are very tricky. They could throw throw you off. You got to listen very carefully. Yes. All right. And I, however, am on your side 100%. So let's start with Emily, as is our custom. Emily, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Absolutely. Okay. Emily, can you tell me how many days of indulgence used to be the case that you could earn for making the sign of the cross with holy water? So back in the day... When you made the sign of the cross with holy water, you used to earn a bunch of indulgence days. How many were there? A bunch? Like like 30? Is that your answer? Yeah. 30. 30. Hmm. Okay. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me, back in the days, uh, you used to be able to earn a lot of indulgence days by making the sign of the cross with holy water. Can you tell me how many? Uh, yes. I think that would be 300. Ooh, that sounds intriguing. So, your answer is 300. Adrian is on the hook for 300. Emily is on the hook for 30. 30 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Cameron, what say you? Uh, let's go with Emily. Survey says... I'm oh. so sorry, Cameron. In fact, the answer is 300. Can that you was, believe it? That was a hard one. For every time you may, I would just stand at the holy water font and just stand there all day and then just hit that thing up for eight hours straight. Now, Adrian, what happened and why? Uh, yes, so it's a quite a long conversation that we can definitely explore <laughs> in more depth during the after show. But long story short, uh, Paul VI uh, changed the rules for indulgences. And so instead of having days in quarantines and years associated with uh, indulgences, they changed it to simple partial and plenary. So you either get full indulgence or partial. Uh, what, par- how much is uh, not known to us, but is known to God. Um, so those, that's the uh, breakdown. I think it was 1967 when that happened and that change happened. The catch being you have to have complete detachment of all sin. For a plenary indulgence. Yes. If you do not have attachment to all venial sin, then you receive a partial indulgence. Praise be to God for that, at least. All right. So 300, those were the glory days, I guess. But the next question, Cameron, I promise, I think it's easy. I think you can get this one. So don't, uh, okay. don't, don't fret. Here we go. We're going to go with Adrian this time. Adrian, can you tell me? What four initials were placed on Christ's cross? We've seen it on every crucifix. It's that plaque up above his head. What four initials were placed there? The four initials on the plaque above our Lord's head on the cross. That would be I-C-K-S-P. I-C-K-S-P is your answer. Yes, sir. Mm, Okay. Emily, can you tell me uh, what four initials... 
were placed on Christ's cross above his head. Four being the, the key operative yeah, um, thing there. If you've ever looked at a crucifix, you know that it is I-N-R-I, which stands for Jesus Christ, or, or Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews in Latin. So your answer is I-N-R-I. Yes. Versus Adrian's, what was it again? I-C-K-S-P. I-C-K-S-P. Okay. So Adrian is on the hook for I-C-K-S-P, and Emily is on the hook for I-N-R-I. Cameron, who's right, who's wrong? What say you? Well, I don't think Adrian can count, but I'll go with Emily. (laughs) Survey says... Well done, Woo! sir. Well done. You didn't fall for his fifth initial there. <laughs> Apparently, counting isn't a thing at university anymore. Well, to be fair, I studied theology, and uh, for us, three equals one. So ah, two, oh. two equals one, two substances, you know, all that. Uh, well, you got it right, Cameron. You were not fooled at all. You're in the coffee cup of divine providence. Praise be to God. Uh, but you do have one more shot at this. And uh, if you were listening carefully, I might have thrown a hint out before the break on this one, but we'll have to see how it goes. Emily, we're back to you. Are you ready to go? Yes. Here we go. What is the term for a truth uh, recalled by Scripture or contained in traditions? So in other words, let me ask again. What is a term for a truth, a truth of the church that is backed up in Scripture and contained in tradition that is proclaimed definitively by the church. I think I read about this before in a document called De Verboom, so I'm going to go with De Verboom. That's your official answer? Yes. De Verboom. Hmm. Okay, Adrian, can you tell me, what is the term for a truth that is backed up by Scripture, contained in tradition, and is proclaimed by the church? Uh, in the uh, wise words of uh, Michael Lofton, Dogma. Dogma. Is that supposed to be like emphasis? Emphasis on the syllables? Is that what's going on there? Something like that. Dogma is your answer. Okay, so Adrian is on the hook for dogma. And Emily is on the hook for Dei Verbum. Some fancy Latin going on there. Who's right? Who's wrong? 15 seconds on the clock. Cameron, what say you? Let's go with Adrian. Survey says. Woo! Well done, good sir. There we go. In fact, it is a dogma. I thought I could trick you with the Latin. Yeah. Excellente. Excellente. Uh, Cameron, well done. Two times in the cup. How do you feel? Feel awesome. Well, we're so grateful. We've never had a, a caller from Alabama on our game show, and you are the first. So praise be to God for you. Do we, as a first time uh, contestant, should we give him the first time uh, sounder? Sure. Yes. Why not? Let's see. You gonna hit it? Uh, no. You're Never not gonna mind. press the button. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I think it's God's providence will that that uh, that that song no longer plays on the show. Normally we have a little fun song we play for first timers, but Cameron, for whatever reason, is not working today. God love you, Cameron. Okay. We are gonna put you on hold so we can get your phone number in case it is His will that you are the winner on Friday morning. You'll have to be tuned in for that, but with that way we can contact you. But again, thanks for being on today. We're so grateful. Thank you, guys. All right. Uh, praise be to God. All right. That's going to do it for the radio side of our show. I'm weeping a tear right now for Adrian and his uh, fancy button of Jesus is my friend. Oh, that's uh, what you wanted? I thought you wanted Handel's Messiah. Handel's Messiah wasn't working either? Okay. That was the one that wasn't working. The uh, right. Jesus is my friend always works. Oh, <laughs> you're killing me. All right. We're going to go to, uh, we're gonna go to a break. And on the other side of the break, on the radio side, the Holy Mass will begin. And if you're going to tune into the Mass, please keep us in your prayers. We'd be, we would be very grateful to you.
But if you're at all able to join us in the after show, we would love to talk to you. The after show happens on our live video stream, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. You can find the links over on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And in the after show, you drive the conversation. So whatever it is you want to talk about, we would love to conversate with you about that. Again, just find one of the links to the video stream on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And we would uh, love to hang out with you and chat with you for the next half hour in the after show. And uh, don't forget, join our email list. It's so important. You know, we took a big hit from uh, YouTube. We think we're going to take more as the days go by because... The difficulty of the day, the topics that have to be conversated about, we can't, we can't shirk our responsibility to shed the light of Christ, the good, the true, and the beautiful, and the darkness of the world. Just because the world doesn't accept it isn't a reason to not do it. And uh, the days ahead are going to be hard for Catholic evangelists, and you make it possible. Support the Catholic Radio Apostle that you're listening to financially, prayerfully. Join our email list so we can stay in touch with you when they decide to start shutting things off. God love you and God bless you. Back here 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern tomorrow for another show, another round of Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired is our mission. But if you are able to join us in the after show, we are looking forward to that in just a moment. God bless you, God love you, and have a great day. From all of us here at CDT, we'll see you next time. joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we conversate about whatever it is you would like to talk about. You get to drive that conversation, so please do comment. Tell us where you're from, what you want to talk about, what's on your mind, your heart, your comment, your question, whatever you'd like. Uh, you drive the conversation. We're, you're a big part of it, so we're very grateful you are here. Uh, if you are a first-time commenter, you've never commented before, well, I'm sure Adrian will find a way to get his button to work, and, uh, which will not include the horns of the apocalypse, but uh, will we'll be something else. But it, it's still just a celebration of you either way. Handel's Messiah is working now. Uh, the Jesus is my friend, oh, button always works. It, I thought you were I'm talking so about Handel's Messiah. Broken. I'm so sorry. My, my deepest condolences for that button being broken. The way Jesus is ah! See, it works. No problems. No problems at all. Working 100% of the time. According to OSHA standards, you have to warn people when that is coming. Okay. What's, what's the term? What if I fall off my chair and hit my head? Wait, hmm? what's, what's the term for that? How will you that? feel then? Whenever you turn lights on, you're supposed to yell striking. What's the, what's the term for playing loud noises? Do I need to start wearing a helmet on the show just to be safe? You mean a tinfoil tin hat? Tinfoil hat, I do think I, is what do, you meant. Do, do I need a, uh, like a... Like a like a seatbelt or something to make sure I don't fall out of my chair every time you want to hit smash that button? Smash the like button and subscribe? Share. Is that what Share. you were saying? No, the Jesus is the friend of mine button. Hey, well, you know, 
playing it during the show, I guess it just wasn't God's will because. That you know, it's just that's just how it works. Uh, I guess that's how that works. What, uh, what, what, what if, unless I'm going to stand at the board and produce the show, what can I do? I'm, I'm stuck. At least I didn't say Dave Erbum. You know, at least I could claim that. Dave Erbum is Erbum. the... Uh, the Deji Verbum? What is Deji Verbum? I'm curious. So let's just uh, welcome some folks here on the program. Uh, Lori, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning on the Facebook side. Um, let's see. Uh, I got I have a different view of, of the feed now, so I have to kind of scroll harder. Joaquin, good morning. Praise be to God. It's good to see you here. Maureen, is Maureen brand new? Maureen, Maureen. Maureen possibly, possibly. Maureen, are you a first-time commenter? Because I, I don't know that I've ever seen you commenting before, Maureen. That means you get the first-time commenter phrase. Amen. Praise be to God. Thank you for commenting, Maureen. We're very grateful to have you here. Camille, uh, Camille, is Camille brand new or has Camille commented before? Camille. On Facebook. I'm on Facebook, Catholic Drive Time side. Hmm, I'm not seeing these, the people you're... Camille Jock Carr. Oh, I think I've seen Camille before. Oh, you escaped it by one comment. If I'm wrong, Camille, please respond. Yeah. Praise be to God. Let us know. Who else is here? Gloria, good morning to you. Our friend Gloria, always hanging out with us. Josh Knoll, good morning to you. It's good to see you here. Praise be to God. And let's see, who else on the Facebook site? Christopher Chance, of course. Um, Hashtag, hashtag king. And then, of course, Jesus Robles, praise be to God. Valerie, good morning to you. It's good to see you here, Valerie. Patty, always our friend Patty, hanging out. She always goes to Mass, though, so she's probably not hanging out with us at the moment. But she was here. Who else? Who else is on the Facebook side? Am I missing uh, somebody? I think you got everyone, I think. Now, I'm today, because of the way you set it up, I can no longer see the back end. So uh, you should be able to if you just uh, click on the top right and then hit edit video. It'll take you to the, mm. uh, to the page. The secret insider tricks of how to get to the back end. So Donald is on. Don? Yeah, praise God. Uh, he just hopped on. Don, good morning. good morning to you. I want to thank Richard and Glenn and Chris and Patty and a bunch of others who have shared our videos. Thank you for doing that. It's very uh, generous of you. It does help us. You know, on Facebook side, Jennifer, good morning to you. Jeff, it's good to see you again. Praise be to God. Jeff's daughter, Sienna, said, Emily's so sweet and Joe's funny. From Thanks, your bestie. lips to God's ear, Sienna. Thank you for being so generous. Praise be to God. Valentin, good morning. Mr. Thomas, it's good to see you again. Eric Rodriguez, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Uh, Roseanne was here earlier. She had to leave, I think. It was nice to hang out with her. She commented a bunch. And Luz, Luz, good morning. I know Luz's comment was sad, right? I didn't know they also used aborted babies for makeup. This is so horrible. Oh, clarifying thing real quick. Um, Roseanne was talking about earlier how the Pepsi products has... Uh, uses aborted fetal cells. According to the website, NOF to uh, NOFTU, no fetus tissue used, uh, their website says that they no longer do as of 2012 due to protests and, um, and, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
the when you boycotting, don't buy people's same products with craft, craft and craft products. and craft products, mm-hmm. they stopped using aborted fetal cells in their products. So yeah, praise, praise God, God for that. Um, DLA DLA point thirty four. David, okay, David said uh, is on with us, and then From Jeff New Hampshire. His Jonah, D- Jeff's son, said, "Thank you for hosting the game show. It is funny, <laughs> awesome. Thank Amen. you, Jeff. Thanks for passing along your com- your kids' comments. We love I to know, see yeah. them. Yeah, Amen to thank that. you very much. Adrian is slacking, according to Eric Rodriguez. Womp womp. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. With the yeah. questions? No, with the, the button. Uh, button. Oh, the button. The button. <laughs> yeah, praise be to God. Boycott. Thank you, Lori. That's what I was looking for. Due to the boycotts and the protest, uh, they stopped using uh, the." Aborted fetal cells in research and development for Pepsi products and craft mm. products. Yeah. Mr. Thomas Anderson asks, pardon my ignorance, what is an indulgence? Good question. Yes, this is an awesome question. And, uh, and the, the simple answer, there's a simple answer and then there's a detailed answer. The simple answer, uh, just to clarify between the two, the uh, simple answer is that an indulgence is basically temporal, uh, a removal of temporal punishment due to sin um, by the unlocking of the graces that the church uh, holds. And so whenever our Lord gave the keys to the kingdom of God, uh, kingdom of heaven to St. Peter, along with uh, with everything else, well, part of that is the treasury of grace that is built up by the church. So you think of the great martyrs of the church, um, Our Lady, and all the uh, merit that she earned uh, by her great uh, glory. And then the, the infinite merit of, Jesus, merit of Jesus Christ and his death and his life. Because uh, you think about it this way, Every action of our Lord is infinitely meritorious because he's God, and he merited infinitely uh, while he was here on earth. And so our, our Lord has allowed the church to unlock those graces and distribute them as they see fit. And that's what's referred to as the treasury of the church. Mm. And so our Lord uh, allows this. And so St. Peter and his success, uh, sorry, successors, uh, including Pope Francis today, has the ability to distribute indulgences how he sees fit and to uh, attribute qualifications for them as they see fit. So Paul VI, and this is here where we get to the actual details of, okay, so now that's what indulgence is. Now how do I get one? Uh, oh, and then real quick, uh, something else. What does it mean to remove temporal punishment due to sin? So whenever we uh, commit sin, we have to pay the price for it, uh, even if we're forgiven. And I use the analogy of, like, let's say you're playing baseball outside, and with your friends, you hit the ball as a child, and it goes through your neighbor's window. You run over and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And the, uh, the owner of the house goes, oh, no problem. I forgive you. Now, you're forgiven, but you still need to pay for the window. And so you got to save up your money, uh, go work, mow some yards, and you start paying off a little as little at a time till you can afford to pay off the window. Now, an indulgence comes in as if your dad uh, walks out the door and goes, oh, Johnny, you broke another window. All right, don't worry, I'll pay for it for you. And so our, our father comes out and takes out the cash and pays the price for the window um, to the neighbor right there and then. And so that's the same, that's the analogy to the spiritual life. We break the window, we have to pay for that window in purgatory. So we have to pay for the sins that we have dealt out. But our Lord in his infinite mercy has allowed us to obtain these indulgences so that way we may uh, not spend eternity or spend long time, period of time in purgatory. And so instead, with these indulgences, our, our Father in heaven is allowing us, is paying off that price so we don't have to. 
Amen. Uh, and then the details of how do I get an, an indulgence? Well, there is a book of indulgences that you can purchase, and it just has tons of indulgences. Um, there's the obvious ones like making the sign of the cross, uh, dipped in when you dip your hand in holy water. Uh, there's a lot of indulgences that you can receive day to day. And all you have to do to receive an indulgence is have the intention of wanting the indulgence. Uh, you have to go to confession within seven days before or after. So if you go to confession uh, biweekly, you're always ready for an indulgence. Um, you have to have received communion within seven days before or after and uh, pray for the intentions of the Holy Father. So if you do those things, you receive the indulgence. But you also need to have a complete detachment from venial sin if you want to receive a plenary indulgence, which is complete pardon. So in my analogy, it'd be like if your dad decided, well, I'll pay off 50% of it and Johnny has to work to pay off the rest of it, uh, so on and so forth. So that's what partial versus uh, plenary uh, comes in. And the changes that we're talking about today uh, versus 300 days, well, before 1967, uh, the Vatican would assign days according to uh, the way the indulgences worked. And what the days symbolized was how many days of penance that would equal. So you could either do 300 days of penance or you could make the sign of the cross dipped in holy water and you get the same grace, uh, which is absolutely absolutely crazy, uh, but that's the way it worked then. Paul VI, in order to simplify it, um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is a different question. It's a prudential question. But what he did do, and he has the authority to do so as a Roman pontiff, he changed uh, the rule to make it more simple so it's just plenary or partial. And you don't have to worry about days or years or uh, or quarantines, which literally just mean 40. Uh, so you have these the, – these, these are all have been uh, abrogated, so they no longer apply. You know, I know a lot of Protestants that struggle to wrap their head around – how could it be possible that God would allow such sinful men to be the arbiter of heavenly graces? You know, that's part of the struggle that many Protestants have with, with Catholics. You know, they just can't, they can't wrap their mind around how God would allow, uh, you know, humans to be so intricately involved in the process. And I want to call your mind to Judas being in charge of the... Uh, of the purse of the disciples. I mean, it's not as though God did not know who Judas was or what he would do someday. Uh, he's God, second person of the Trinity. Yeah, he knew. Um, and even John's gospel, he always, he always reminds you along the way, you know, Judas, the one who would betray him. You know, it's like that detail he throws in there all the time. Uh, God allows humans to be involved. He doesn't have to. He chooses to. It's a choice. So when he gives the keys to the kingdom uh, to Peter in Matthew 16, or in John 21, when he gives authority to the disciples to hear your confession and to either forgive or not forgive as they see fit, uh, that's a pretty powerful responsibility that, that uh, they have uh, being the arbiter of God's grace. Uh, so, but that's the way he designed it. That's the way he set it up. And it's not for us to question God. It's up to it's up to us to accept God and His will and to be obedient uh, in that process, irregardless of the sins of men. And um, and I think we have to de- detach the sins of bishops and priests from their office and their job and and the sacraments and whatnot. There, you know, a, a, a priest who's committing sins, for instance, to use an example, if he does, if he says Mass according to the intention of the Church in the proper form, it's a valid sacrament. And um, I think that illustrates 
how God could give us uh, access to the treasury of graces in such a powerful way in spite of our own sinfulness. You know, I really like your analogy, Joe. And the reason uh, is the, especially in regards to Judas, because uh, at the TFP conference I was at this last weekend, uh, the TFP guys were telling me how about talking to us about Judas. And it was very interesting. They said, according to the visionaries, Judas uh, was actually really, really wanting to be the carrier of the purse. He wasn't assigned it. In fact, he knew that our Lord would not allow him to be the uh, purse bearer. And so instead, he went to the Virgin Mary and was asking her to ask our Lord to be the purse bearer. And apparently, according to the TFE guys, I didn't see the original source for it. They just said that it was according to uh, Catholic visionaries. And um, he said they said that Judas's first sin and his first rejection of God was a rebuke of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Oof. and Oof. that the uh, and and because and the reason why they said is because here Judas actually uh, asked Our Lady to do this, and then Our Lady told him, "You do not, you should not be in charge of the purse mm. because it'll be an occasion of sin for you, and you should flee from it." And sh- and then our and then Judas rebuked Our Lady and continued to beg her to ask Our Lord, and so he uh, and so being our ladies and her and and you know it is said that god will give us up to our to our sins if if we desire it so he our lady allowed him to uh, be the purse bearer and so he took on the purse and he was in charge of the money he distributed the money as he saw fit and even though he was a sinful man and uh rejected our lord and our lady he still was in charge of the purse and still distributed the the treasury physical the physical money the treasury of the church then um, so to the uh, the bishops today and the Holy Father today, no matter uh, their what what kind of questions you may have about prudential uh, decisions mm-hmm. or sinful actions, uh, they are the purse bearer. They do hold the keys and they can distribute the graces from that treasury how they see fit. You know what's interesting about that story from the mystics of the church about Judas and Our Lady is it, it very closely parallels that of Bathsheba and Adonijah in First Kings chapter two. Um, if you, or if you read the Douay Rams, I guess that would be Fourth Kings. Um, anyway, yes. Uh, so when um, when David is dying, and he he uh, gives Solomon the nod to become king. There's so many parallels between what's happening there and the New Testament and the apostles. I could go on forever. Just think talking about Solomon and his rise to the throne, and Jesus uh, and his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. But that's not the point. Turn to, uh, when you go to First Kings uh, chapter 2 and look at how Bathsheba interacted with Adonijah. Adonijah, one of the sons, um, went to Bathsheba and asked for a concubine that belonged to David. And that's a very important part to really focus on. And the reason why is because there's an old saying, he who has the king's wife must be the king. And so if Adonijah were to have the concubine of King David, then why is Solomon entering town on a donkey after being consecrated by the high priest and going to the throne? Hmm. It's Adonijah who has the the concubine, not Solomon. So this was a very political maneuver on behalf of Adonijah. And he was smart. He went to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, to make the request. 
and and she, <laughs> she knew she could smell on him that this was bad, that he was up to no good, that he that this was not good for him. And still he asked her to ask because when the mom of the king asks, what's he going to say? No, the mom is asking. So this is what we see the Gibi Ra. Uh, Bathsheba is the Gibi Ra in the kingdom of David. The, the queen, which is always the mother of the king, not the wife. And then so we see her go to Solomon. And what happens? She enters the court. Solomon rises from his throne. He bows to her. And he has a throne, a chair, brought to sit at his right-hand side for his mom, the queen, the Gibirah, who would sit at his right hand, and she would intercede on behalf of Adonijah, who cannot deny her request. But it's kind of like what you were saying a minute ago about, like, Judas knew. Well, if Mary should ask, I'll, I'll definitely get it. But be careful what you ask for, because what you ask for could be to your detriment. It could be to, to your demise, not to your edification. And Adonijah was doing the same thing. He was asking for something that would lead to his demise. And in fact, that is what happens. He, uh, he has to pay the price with his very life as a result. So be careful what you ask the Queen of Heaven for, because her intercession for you is very powerful. In fact, it would be the Gibi Ra that would last all the way to the Babylonian exile. It would be the mother of the king and the king that would be hauled off in exile. Uh, so the office of the Gibi Ra is a, a permanent one in the kingdom of David, which is why Our Lady's role should be seen from through that lens. It's very, very significant, powerful. A lot of parallels there. Praise be to God. All right, what else? Um, what else? Everybody stopped commenting. They were just listening to you. Uh, let's see. Mr. Thomas also asked, may I ask, who was it who judged those who went to paradise in times before Jesus was born? For example, who judged the rich man in the story of Lazarus if Jesus was not born yet? Uh, yes. So that's a, that's a great question. The, so people didn't go to paradise prior to the coming of our Lord. Before he resurrected, the people would go to limbo of the just or they'd go to hell. And so at this time, our Lord was not, uh, there was no Jesus Christ yet because he was not born. But the second person of the Trinity existed co-eternally with the Father and the Holy Ghost. So the Son existed as the person of God and the person of the Son, but the uh, nature, the human nature of Jesus Christ uh, was not there in heaven yet. Um, but yes, so there was no judgment and letting in people into heaven. There was the limbo of the fathers or what's called Abraham's bosom. Uh, so I hope that helps. I don't know if there was any, I don't know if, if uh, Joe, maybe you know, is there anybody that uh, is said to have judged who would go to Abraham's bosom and who would go to hell? Not that I'm aware of, no. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think I've heard anything as well. But, you know, it's not like it's a mystery. <laughs> you know, God doesn't need, you know, does God need a, a second? Does he need two seconds? Does he need 30 minutes? To... Right, does he need St. Peter to hang out in front of the gates? <laughs> right, you know what I mean? It's like when you die, your soul goes immediately to the place uh, that it is going to go because the judgment is pretty much already done, right? It's, it's already kind of a, it's a done deal. You know, I was just thinking, uh, this might be a little going backtracking, but I was just thinking because I just read Chris's comment about, could you argue that Jesus gave the job of financial officer to Judas and not St. Matthew so that Matthew could avoid the near occasion of sin? 
that made me think, I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, that could be reasonable. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but it made me think of the bishops today. What is a great temptation of bishops today is being prince of the purse. Yeah. You have uh, authority and almost complete authority over the money in your diocese. What a great temptation that must be. I do oh. not envy it. Um, yeah, exactly. Could you imagine winning the Powerball like right now? Yes. Yes, I can. I, no, I can't. I, I, you know, I can imagine it. I can't imagine. You know what happens to people who win the Powerball statistically? They go broke. They go broke. Their relationships go crazy. You know, all of a sudden they have fourteen cousins they didn't even know existed that are all showing up and wanting a piece of the pie. People are doxing them and showing up to their house. I mean, you put a giant target on your back, uh, not not just materially but also spiritually. Boy, the temptation to go mm-hmm. from nothing to something so fast without without being prepared for it that must be such a difficulty i'm sure there are people who can handle it really well yes i'm not Mm -hmm. sure i'm one of them (laughs) yeah the love of money is the root of all evil and it said that in scripture that it's easier for a rich man uh, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle rather than a rich man to enter into heaven that's not to say that rich people can't go to heaven because of course they can we see many kings that are saints um, and this is a testimony to being wealthy does not equal that you go to hell. Yes, but, but Louis, Louis the Ninth fed the homeless with his own hands and washed their feet in his palace. Yes. So there goes, there's the but. So there's that's why the it's there. The, the but is that the, the analogy of the uh, camel going to the eye of the needle. In scriptures uh, class, we learned about how a camel, there is a road, there is a literally, there was a um, archway that was called the eye of the needle. It was a very small uh, archway in that. People would, that would enter that gate had to get their camels to go on their on their knees, and you had to push them through because they were too large to fit through this uh, small archway, which was called the eye of the needle. And so it is to say that it was difficult. It is difficult, and it, and it takes a lot of work for a rich man to enter heaven, and that the love of money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes a great temptation for rich people to have that um, to and to enter into heaven because of that. The way to get to heaven, though, is the same for everybody. Uh, it's to have the sacraments and to do the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. And so, yes, you can still enter heaven and be wealthy. That's not evil in and itself. It just makes it so much harder because the temptation is so great. And we see this in Judas, and we see this in so many of the uh, corrupt clergy today and uh, throughout history. Speaking of which, Father Jeffrey Kirby Uh-oh. is our guest tomorrow, and the topic is religion as self-help. So it's a nice segue ah. there. Yes. Uh, Father Kirby is not a uh, corrupt bishop, just for the record. Uh, no, he's <laughs> not. But who is he? Uh, yes. So Father Kirby is a uh, moral theologian, and he actually uh, wrote this great book on uh, religion and the mass and how uh, proper worship in relation to proper worship. But specifically, I was interested in talking to him about he had a he had one chapter that was about religion as self-help and that this there's this modern notion today that religion is self-help. And we kind of see this in the whole idea of uh, like the Marxist idea of religion is the opium of the masses. Mm. And no, I mean, it's not because why? Because our religion is surrounded by suffering. The symbol of our, uh, of our life of our uh, church is the cross. And so we, we think that we can, uh, that suffering is a good, it's not just uh, morally neutral or something that we can bear, but it's actually something that is good. Um, so we have to, uh, I think uh, there's a modern notion, a lot of the uh, televangelists, a lot of these uh, modern uh, churches like to 
see religion as a self-help and that, oh, I don't, I don't get anything out of mass. Uh, Father's homily was boring. He's not, it wasn't a great homilist or I didn't really understand what was going on or mass was in Latin. So I don't know what, so I can't follow along anyway. Um, these kind of things are thrown out, but we lose the whole purpose of the mass. And I'll leave that to father to talk about what is the purpose of the mass and talk about the errors of seeing liturgy or seeing uh, the church as a self-help group. Yeah. Some of the other topics that I'm trying to cover is um, China, the South China Sea. So I've been really looking to trying to find some high-level guests for that. I mean, war seems like it's right around the corner there. It's getting pretty dicey. Uh, there is a, uh, a fleet of warships that have sailed there to, uh, to basically miss, you know, make the presence felt. But the Chinese military is circling the, the Taiwanese islands just constantly with, air, with fighter jets. And then their ships have already invaded their, their space. And they're just clamping down on the pressure. China has felt since the, uh, since the new administration has taken place here in America that they, have, they can ramp things up, and they have been doing so in a very significant way. Um, but it's not new. It's been going on a long time. The Philippines just recently uh, enacted a treaty. I think it's a 70-year-old treaty with the United States that says America must come to our defense. And they're trying to say America must come to our defense against China. China has been, has been really doing a lot of crazy stuff in the South China Sea and far beyond it. But they've been uh, invading the waters of Peru with their fishing vessels. They bring all these fishing vessels out there, and then they bring a tanker, an oil tanker out there as to act like the mothership, and it just keeps uh, fuel in all these fishing uh, vessels. And then they overfish the waters, and then they harass the locals um, by you know ramming their ships into them and just all kinds of shenanigans and crazy stuff. And they've been targeting the uh, allies of Taiwan, so Peru being one of them, they've been targeting them. So it's, it's getting really intense. And I got to say, if, if military conflict breaks out in the South China Sea, um, Japan's going to get brought in on it. Russia's talking about, you know, they're ramping up their war games. Putin just unveiled a robotic tank. That sounds like a winner. Um, you know, are they going to invade Ukraine again? I don't know. But there seems to be some lines forming here, you know, Japan, Philippines, Taiwan, America, and others against the other side. Remember the last time that happened? How did that go? Did that go well? That went terrible. So um, we have a lot to pray, do fast, and penance for. And I'm trying to find some high-level guests on to give us sort of the update on what is the deal there. Is war inevitable? I know that China's preference is to avoid military conflict and just use a media manipulation. They buy media buys here in America so that they can manipulate us through social platforms, through the mainstream media. They have their contacts in, 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 on Capitol Hill in, in politics, and they try to play that game as much as they possibly can before shots are fired. But they are ramping up in a very significant way. China's prime, or Taiwan's prime minister came out, I think it was again last week, and said, listen, if we have to go to war alone, we will, but we hope not to. But we'll have to fight to the death. In fact, I was listening to uh, a gentleman being interviewed on Crossroad, Joshua Phillips Crossroad from the Epic Times, who lives in Taiwan. He's an expat living there, helping the government to uh, formulate policies in relation to China from a military perspective. And he's saying that they're basically having to implement 
a uh, like a like a Swiss policy in Switzerland. Every citizen is a part of the militia. They're required to possess semi-automatic rifles. Required to possess them. They have to be proficient in them, which means they're required to take them to the range. I think once a month and maintain their proficiency. <clears throat> and this way, if they're ever invaded, it is the people who will fight back, not just the army. And Taiwan is, is about to implement the same thing on their islands because, you know, they're vastly outnumbered. And it'll have to be a fight house to house. And it would not be good. And I think it would be potentially for a very large-scale conflict around the world, not one that we want. Let us pray that it, it, uh, that it be God's will to avoid such calamity. God's will be done in all things. But we're, so we're looking for guests on that as well. So we have a lot more content coming up. So Father Kirby will be our guest tomorrow. Religion and self-help is the topic. That is the guest segment, plus the breaking news and stories and all the rest. And you, our dear audience, you are a big part of this show. And we're very grateful to you. God love you. God bless you. Thanks for being a part of it. Please do us a favor. Share. Share means more than a subscribe, to be honest with you. The like, the share, the comments, those mean way more than a subscription. Unfortunately, YouTube's algorithm in particular, no bueno. Uh, Facebook, not as bad, not that bad, but at the same time, it's not awesome either. So sharing our content is one of the greatest things you can do to be a part of the missionary effort of Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. That's our mission. That's our job. And you are the wind in the sails. So praise be to God. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Thank you for joining us 